It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Dublin St. Music Station F104 Louise with you until one o'clock. I'm now joined on the phone by writer, actress and director Tamsin Merchant. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm really good. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So currently at the moment, you're in Carnival Row. Yes, yeah. Um, season one came out mm-hmm. um, a while ago and then we got kind of rudely interrupted by the COVID pandemic halfway through filming season two. So that is on its way some point in the future. So for anyone (laughs) new to the world, I suppose, of Carnival Row, how would you explain it to somebody? Okay. Mm, It's a really amazing, (laughs) really good question. It's this um, amazing sort of steampunk-esque, Victoriana-inspired like heady mix of fairy tale creatures like fairies and fawns and trolls who kind of whose whose world has collided with humans um and it's kind of the carnival row that that we are introduced to in season one is this like deeply divided society mm-hmm. where the fae and that's the that's the fair the more magical creatures like the fairies and the and the parks are um separated and looked down on by the humans so the humans are like the ruling class in mm-hmm. a way and mm-hmm. and then the fae are kind of treated they're the servants and they're treated as kind of like lesser than the the humans so it's got this like really interesting um edge to it about like the other and about immigration and about kind of how human societies are clashing and cultures are kind of um melding and it's yeah it's and it's all sort of set in this victoriana style other other world um uh yeah where there are sort of beautiful beautiful fairies who look suspiciously like cara delavine kind of flying around and then like <laughs> and then like uptight women like me kind of bossing them around on the ground but it has a like, lot I going on in it it's quite busy it's, isn't it like you kind of have to yeah. keep up because I watched it. So you, you do have to keep up with all the different storylines that are kind of mingled throughout, really. Yeah. It's quite fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. It was so fun to shoot because it's got, yeah, it's got so much going on. It's got this whole other language and this whole other kind of set of rules that you kind of, as an audience member, I guess, you get to tune into as the, as the show goes on. So it's quite like, yeah, you do have to pay attention so you kind of don't miss the the, the details. But yeah. Pretty, it's a pretty cool show. And for season two, have you finished recording it or are you still trying to? We're 
still trying to finish. So yeah. we've got we've done five episodes and we've got um, a, a few more to go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it might who knows it like it might come out in two parts. It might come out in one go. Like we because of COVID, like the rules have all changed really. Yes, so it has for everything, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's coming out, but. Um, we don't know we don't know when but we do know where it will be on amazon prime that's the only thing we know for certain same place (laughs) yes exactly same place as season one amazon prime but you've done quite a few period dramas and what i love mostly about them is the clothing oh yeah i love the dresses if if i could get away with wearing one like in this era i probably would try (laughs) not sure if i would want to really (laughs) i know that's the problem like this they look so beautiful but genuinely I've done a lot of period dramas where I wear corsets mm. and I it gets to 3 p.m. and I just like lose my energy. There's something about not being able to take a full breath <laughs> that really tires you out. Yeah, it, would, it would do that. Afternoon. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. got to shoot the Tudors. If, well, it's a long, it's about 10 years ago now, is it? When, yeah, when that yeah. took place. But it was in Dublin. Yeah. Did you get to explore much when you were here? I did. I mean, I I actually went, I did a little road trip around Ireland um, when I when I shot season three because I had a bit more time when I was doing season three because I was kind of, I was just being introduced as a character. But then, yeah. um, so I went like around the Ring of Kerry and to the Dingle Peninsula and to Skellig and it was absolutely amazing. And Dublin as well. It's just this, we went to these pubs whose names I can't remember because I was I had a lot of Guinness. <laughs> so that happens a yeah. lot. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So I definitely sampled like the amazing uh, culture of of Dublin and Ireland and the beautiful like the landscape and the scenery. And we filmed in some amazing places as well. We filmed in cathedrals and mm. castles and things, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, the crew on on the Tudors was so much fun. Everyone was from Dublin, and everyone just had this amazing spirit. It was one of the the most incredible crews I've ever worked with. So yeah, it was an amazing time. So apart from the series and all the films that you do, you also are a writer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually started writing my first book um, on the when I was filming Carnival Row because there were so many amazing costumes, Mm. talking of um, all of the kind of historical costumes. There were so many amazing costumes being made and this costume department that Joanna Eatwell, our designer, had had put together was just this incredible like treasure box of just fantastical, amazing costumes. And one night I had a dream because she was talking about, in a costume fitting I had, she was talking about a, a special hat that she needed to to have made for David Jesse, who plays a fawn in the show. So he's got mm-hmm. these horns. So she needed a special hat maker to make a hat to fit on his horns. And she made this had this like very dapper fedora made. It was Gorgeous. very dashing. Nice. Yeah, he looks excellent in it. And um, that night, though, I had this dream about this family of magical hat makers who make magical hats in kind of the olden days um and I woke up from this this dream and I woke my poor boyfriend up <laughs> uh, it was 4 30 in the morning I'm he like, probably thought Hi. there was something really bad happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I was just like this manic like excited um person just yelling about magical hat makers um 
and yeah, so that was where the actual idea for my, my first book came from, was being around these incredible costumes. So yeah, that's what started it all up. But it is amazing, the amount of work, and it's almost it was almost like an art firm. I remember when I was in school, I was told by a computer mm. form to go and be a milliner. And I was like, what is that? And then really? when you look in, yeah, they told me I should be a milliner. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It must do that, be, that I love art thing. and things like that. So maybe that's why. But I, ne- oh, I never got there. <laughs> I never got there. But you still could. Anyone can be a hat maker. It's that's so true. Motto. But it is such yes. an art form. Like it's incredible, really. So I can see where that idea kind of formed from, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I um, actually learned how to make hats in the old fashioned way. Nice. Um, yeah, when I was when I was writing the book, I was like, if I'm going to write a book called The Hat Makers, mm-hmm. I've got to I've got to become a hat maker to a certain extent, at least. So I um, <laughs> you know, I didn't really uh, know quite how intricate and intense it is to make a hat, but you kind of get this old fashioned like Victorian flat iron and an old chestnut um, nice. hat block and felt. And you steam it on, and it's it's amazing, actually. I got, like, blisters on the ends of my fingers from, like, pressing all the nails in and doing all the steaming. Um, yeah, it's an amazing process, actually, making a hat. So tell so, us about the book, or kind of give us a neat idea of what the story is. Okay, so it's set in sort of an alternate Georgian London, mm-hmm. um, Georgian era. And I set it at that point because the Georgians had the most incredible hats. Um, and I just love the Georgian costume, like the look of, of their clothes. Mm. Um, and it starts with our hero, Cordelia Hatmaker, who's an 11-year-old, youngest member of the Hatmaker family. Um, and they are, they are a family that make, that have this sort of royal charter to make magical hats. And they have a rivalry with the bootmaker family. And there are there are five other maker families who make sort of royal royal garb for the king. And um, sort of they have a shop and they sort of sell things to the aristocracy. But all the makers are sort of enemies with each other. There's mm-hmm. this old rivalry. But Cordelia's father goes missing. Um, his ship is wrecked. Uh, and... Cordelia is determined to find him. She believes that he hasn't been lost at sea forever. He's he's somewhere and she needs to find him and bring him home. So that's how it starts. And then as the story goes on, we realize that there might be someone, sort of some shadowy figure pulling the strings to make the makers um, turn against each other more. And someone is trying to start a war with France. And it's up to Cordelia in the end. Oh, wow. She, to make a very magical hat and get it on the right royal head in time before mm. everything goes badly wrong. <laughs> very exciting. But I love the illustrations that you have to go along with the book. It's beautiful. Yes, Paula Escobar did the most amazing illustration. She's really brought the world to life. Um, yeah, and the cover is so beautiful. When I dreamed about the book, I did actually dream like the book cover came to me and then when I saw Paola's illustration it was just beyond anything my 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 dream had brought to me so yeah it's nice it's nice to see it come alive isn't it really yeah yeah yeah. and at the back of the book there's a glossary of all of the magical ingredients that are used throughout the um the book so there are magical so for example if you wanted to make yourself a magical hat what kind of magical hat would you make what would you like your hat to kind of 
bring you in your life. Ooh, I don't know. Like, could it be like a mind reader hat? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'd love that. So, <laughs> so then you'd have to think, okay, I've got a hat. You know, what do I need to, what do I need to put on it? What ingredients do I need to add to it in order to help me with my mind reading skills? Ooh. And then you could, yeah, go searching through nature for things that are maybe like a sort of a vine that reaches its tendrils out. So that would maybe help your mind reach its tendrils out to oh, read exciting. other people's minds. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that comes out on the 18th of February. Yeah. It will be available to us all. Yes, <laughs> indeed. And it's available to pre-order now, actually. So, um, yeah. I, if you want to get in available. early and get it done. Yeah, you could buy future you a present by pre-ordering your book. It's always nice when that happens. It is yeah. nice when that happens. Yeah, when, when it I just forget. arrives. Yeah, and it's yeah. still going to be present. It is lovely. Absolutely. Yeah. But tell me about so the new movie you've coming up. Yeah, so I'm I'm in a film that um, is coming out soon. I think it's coming out. Um, it's going to be maybe available on demand in February, mm-hmm. I think, um, called Running Naked. It's a kind of Brit flick, like low-budget comedy um, starring Andrew Gower and Matthew McNulty, um, me and Raki Zakra and Sasha Parkinson. And we, it's kind of a comedy about, buddy comedy about these two guys. And one of them discovers that he has terminal cancer and like, uh, surprisingly hilarity ensues which is not what you would expect <laughs> um so yeah that's we shot that um in stoke actually uh a couple of summers ago and it is coming out on demand, Very exciting. demand. so or people demand. can probably google it to kind of check when it might be out and things like that just yeah <laughs> unfortunately because of covid I like know, I, I don't but that's with everything yeah everything at the moment we're all we're all well used to it, i think at this stage but we just keep the eye out yeah keep yeah. the ears open so google running naked and be careful what <laughs> oh, you wish dear. for just don't go into the really images just... maybe <laughs> yeah yeah take take the images off the search and just google running naked film <laughs> save that <laughs> for sure yeah. tamsin thank you so much for taking the time from the chats of today Thanks, thanks for having me. It's been lovely talking to you. Not at all. I'll chat to you soon. Okay, cheers. Bye. Bye. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty.